0: It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live.
1: Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants Mobile App. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants
2: Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy
3: dogs. And have some fun. Hey everybody and welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile App. John Schmelk, Lance Meadow. And Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat. I see three lines already blinking, folks. But we're going to wait about 10 minutes before we get you up because we don't want to have you on hold for too long. So give us a call. We'll make sure we get to you quick. We're not going to belabor the point on the game too long because Jeff and Lance were on yesterday. I don't have a ton to say. And we want to get you guys in on the phones again. It's 201-939-4513. Gentlemen, happy Monday, and I'm going to be very, very brief about this, and I don't think it goes any further than this, and I do not think it's just on the quarterback either. I think this is a team-wide issue in this game. The offense just has to be better, whether it's turnovers, and those two throws by Mike Lennon were not good ones that were intercepted. Other than that, I thought he was actually okay. The offensive line, especially handing interior stunts, has to get better. That's not good enough. I thought the running game was pretty good, but... Um, obviously, it wasn't good enough to, to sustain to the point where you got points. The receivers have to do a better job getting open. There wasn't a whole lot of separation down the field with these Cowboys cornerbacks. And you put that all together, this offense is just not productive and consistent enough to score enough points to move the ball for the Giants to be in these games the last few weeks. And until that changes, and frankly we haven't seen much evidence that It's going to change the last few weeks, but obviously a lot can change in the NFL in a week. But this stuff has to get better. Otherwise, all the other stuff we're talking about really isn't going
4: to matter a whole lot.
3: Mm -mm.
4: Nope. Uh, The offense is broke. It really is. I mean, other than taking the few positives out of the game yesterday, John, Lance, I I think that, you know, when you look at the running game, I think that in the second half of the Chargers game, that it started to improve, and I thought they did a a nice job at – you know really running the football yesterday which was going to be their game plan anyways with that defense and, and the secondary and the way that they caused uh turnovers so i think that you know that was fine but as far as execution and just the overall offensive philosophy and what are things are going it's just it just doesn't a lot of it doesn't make sense it's just not working
5: 11 of 14 games, you score 21 points or less. You find me a team in the NFL that could put up similar numbers. I don't care, guys, how good their defense is. Nope. You find me another team in the NFL that puts forth that production and is going to win or remain competitive in the majority of their games. And I think we know the answer.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. lens, just real quick. The Giants in this game, I just want to nail it down for you, then you can please continue. The Giants had three drives in this game, and one was the final drive of the game when the Cowboys were in prevent defense. That went for more than 25 yards. So yeah. they had two non-garbage time drives that went for more than 25 yards. One was a 58-yard drive that ended at a field goal. The other was a 46-yard drive that ended with the field goal. The other drives, 20, 18, 16, 21, 19, 25, and 0. Yeah. I'd
5: also be curious, John, those drives you referenced, because Dallas had a few penalties in this game. I, I wonder how many were assisted Based on penalties, not that they were massive penalties, but there were a few neutral zone infractions. So, you know, that may have even aided some of those drives that you referenced. But what I'll pile on to what John just said is, and Jeff, I brought this up to you on the postgame show. It, this is mind boggling to me. They had 10 possessions yesterday. Six of them resulted in either a conventional turnover or a turnover on downs. Just think about that. 60% of your possessions end with a negative result in which you give the opposition back the football. And two of them, and I think the Giants are fortunate in this department, two of them handed the Cowboys the ball right in Giants territory. No surprise, the Cowboys scored on those. And then one of the turnover on downs also handed the Cowboys the ball in Giants territory, and that was the pass between Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz. So 15 points off of those six mishaps by the Giants, whether it's, once again, a regular turnover or a turnover on downs, but I think you can make a case, a turnover on downs, especially if you cough up the football. No, it's the same. It's right? The same. I mean, especially so there you go. Yeah. 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 Six out of ten possessions result in some type of a turnover. I and mean, once again, I mean, good luck trying to remain competitive in a game when you have results like you that. Know Lance, absolute killer. I, one interesting thing is I did look at the
3: drives. The one scoring drive was held by the horse collar on that long run in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, there was no help on that drive. Which was a fourth down play. That was a fourth and one play. (laughs) That's correct. Um, And that play eventually, that drive eventually got short-circuited by an offensive holding call on Kyle Rudolph because uh, the play got cut back to his side and he had to hold. Uh, The first drive was legitimate. They went all the way down from their own 25 down to the Cowboys' 17-yard line. And that's when Michael Parsons, frankly, just made a really good defensive play on that little deep pass to Gallaty on the sideline. Mm -hmm. And that was actually a pretty good throw. It was a good play design, and Micah Parsons just made a Micah Parsons play. But the interesting thing, Lance, so those three drives that went for more, the only three drives that went for more than 25 yards, guess what? On those three plays, that's when the Giants had their only, on each one of those drives, they had their only three plays that went for 20 yards or more. That first drive, you had the Devontae Booker, 28-yard run, that took it from the Giants, 39, to the Dallas, 33. On that first drive of the third quarter of the second half, we already mentioned that Jeff. You had that long run on fourth and one. Mm-hmm. The 31-yard run by Booker that got them their field goal. And then their only other play of 20 or more yards was that long play to Galladay on At the, the Giants' final drive that went for 36 yards. So, literally... The only time the Giants, and again, this is kind of the, the world of the NFL now and why we talk about how big plays are so important, those three drives, only ones that you can consider uh, uh, successful, all had the only three giant plays of 20-plus yards. So, I just think that's interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, right. it's no coincidence, too. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. It's hard Go to ahead, move Jeff. the I'm sticks.
4: Sorry. It's hard to move the sticks when you're not making plays, you know, like that, and... And guys, you're going to agree with me here, and you know I'm I'm not only I'm going to single out Mike Lennon a little bit, but you know the fact of the matter is is that the National Football League this is a quarterback league, and if you 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 can see that how quarterback play dictates how your offense is going to uh, is going to play or even operate, um, and if you have a good offensive line and a good running game, that all comes with it. But you got to have good play at the quarterback position on a consistent basis. Guys are going to make mistakes. Guys are going to have bad games. All of them do. But when you stack three in a row um, and and not having any type of, you know, luck there, it's just it's tough. So, you know, for all those people that wanted Jake Fromm, they got him yesterday. They got him at the end of a game where the defense was just kind of basically playing a prevent. Uh, I think that going into it, there's going to be some c- conversation with it. Um, I, I Yeah, I brought it up. And, and just, by the you know, way,
3: I think, Jeff, we might be at the point now where he, yeah, he w- once we get to next week's game, he would have been here for four weeks of practice. So okay. that's about a month.
4: Yeah. and maybe you're at the time now where you can give him a little bit more and you can do a little bit more with well, him. Well, and I'm just I'm I'm telling you what you, you know, Joe Judge said in his conference yesterday. There's going to be some discussion about it. So, and I think that the timing as you say is right, John, because now you got a chance with him to understand a little bit more than just a few plays. And he mentioned it in his press conference yesterday um, about learning 100 to 150 plays a day, you know. So, that's what it takes for these guys to understand the quarterback position. So, now you kind of say he's in an evaluation phase. That's what this is. I mean, Mike Lennon has been evaluated. We knew what he was all about in his career and now what he did in these last three games. Well look, there's a reason he's a backup quarterback, right yeah. I And mean, there's a reason why a lot of them are, you know and so and the reason is is that the positive for being a backup is a guy that has experience that won't lose you the game when he has to come in. And if he does have to start for a period of time, you have confidence that he could win a game for you. You know, probably not asking – you're asking a lot for him to come in and win every single one of them, you know. So I think that that's where you have to go back and look at you in the offseason, where you're going to find your backup quarterback, no matter who you are. what Whatever team it is, got to have a good one behind you.
3: And then, Lance, and then Lance, yeah. uh, very quickly, I just want to make one comment on Glennon. And those two interceptions in the second half were obviously, you know, the the, the throw to Shepard. On the little post was just behind them. I don't think that was designed to be a back shoulder. You don't see many back no. shoulder
4: posts. He said they were back yeah. throws. Yeah,
3: exactly. And then the and then obviously the other play where he's trying to get over Diggs and said to Kenny Galladay that that that's obviously a bad decision. But I'm telling you, I went through and I don't mean to go too long here. I went through each of the Giants drives in the first half, okay. And you really it, it, these drives, at least in the first half, guys. And I did not expect to say this. Today, when I left the game yesterday, when I kind of left the game thinking the way everybody else did, I watched the tape this morning of the Giants' offense. I've not gotten to the defense yet. Look, that first Giants drive that ended with the interception, Sterling Shepard's wide open on a stop-and-go down the left sideline, but they don't block DeMarcus Marcus Lawrence, and he hits Glennon as he throws. That's not the quarterback's fault, all right? The next drive, they drive all the way down to the Dallas 22. He makes a pretty good-looking throw to Galladay on that route down the sideline, and Michael Parsons just makes a big play, right? So to me... Not on Mike Glennon. You go to the Giants' next drive, and on the first play, uh, on a set, on a first and ten, they get one yard on a run. They get minus three yards on the next run. Then on a third and 12, they have a free rusher at Mike Glennon. He has to throw a little dump off to Devontae Booker. Not on Glennon. Then you get the Giants' uh, play before the half. They're, the last drive before the half, they're driving down, and Barkley fumbles on a running play. So those are all the Giants' drives in the first half of this game – and I, I just have a trouble seeing how it's them. First drive of the third quarter, right? They drive all the way down to the Dallas 30. And they have a first and ten. They get a 10-yard holding plenty penalty. It's first and 20. You run a screen, you run a short route to Barkley. He stops the route. It's incomplete. They try to run a screen pass to Barkley. Jordan Lewis reads it. And then you're in third and twenty. So just looking at those specific drives, and then on the next drive, you're in a third and ten. Darius Slayton runs a, a route nine yards short of uh, one yard short of the of the first down marker, and then they fall foul on a fourth and one. Now, then you have the two picks in the fourth quarter. Bad, can't 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 argue with that. But let me put it this way: up until then, you know you made this point, Jeff. You're asking your quarterback maybe not to go out and win the game for you, but you are asking him not to lose the game for you. Did a nice job up to that point through those fir- through the first three quarters of this game. Mike Lennon did do that. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't look at Fromm, and this isn't the time for Fromm. I would be okay with that at this point. I'm not trying to make that argument, but I was really surprised, and I surprised myself because I did not expect this walking in this morning that for the first three quarters of this game, he was not as bad, I think, as a lot of people are trying to make him out to be. Anyway, Lance, go ahead.
5: Well, and probably towards the end of the game – which is the turning point where you have that second interception. Glennon's probably thinking to himself, we're in a 21-6 hole. Maybe let me try to do something, take some more risks, take some chances, and you saw the result. Just bad decisions. And Trayvon Diggs gets in front of Kenny Gowdy. He essentially was boxing him out. He was in perfect position for that interception. And then, you know, clearly the other one behind Sterling Shepard. So I think that was part of the mindset of the quarterback changing maybe at that point. Hey, we're in the third quarter here. Time is ticking away. We got to make some type of a play. Let me try to press the envelope. It came back to bite them. And that's why I keep going back to these turnovers. Whether or not you want to put them on Mike Glennon or you want to put them on somebody else with the way this offense produces, you can never go into a game thinking, we're going to turn the ball over four times the conventional way. We're going to lose all of those possessions. Even Dallas on a game where they were far from electric, guys, okay? They scored two touchdowns. They missed the extra point on both. They settled for field goals. They were two for five in the red zone. So, you know, this was far from a typical Dallas performance, at least early in the season. Lately, they have not been scoring at the same rate. But you pretty much, you put Dallas in a position Where they didn't light up the scoreboard, they kept it in the ballpark of maybe if you get the ball to bounce your way, maybe if you change field position. But when you turn the ball over like that, I mean, you could kiss that goodbye. It's just it's not going to happen for you. So that has been the Achilles heel. And if you look at the last three games, I was looking through the numbers Remember, at one point, the Giants actually were pretty high in turnover differential, guys, if you recall. They were actually, you know, collecting takeaways consistently through the first 11 games. They were 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 either. Keeping their head above water. They were either plus three or plus four at one point, Lance. I don't don't remember how high they got, but they were. Well, you know where they are right now? They're minus one. Are they down to minus one? Yeah, they are now in the negative because in the last three games, no coincidence, they've lost all three of these games. They're minus six. They have seven turnovers and one takeaway. And the one takeaway came. When Austin Johnson recovered the strip sack fumble, well, Lance, off of that that's personal. it, right? So that was it.
3: So you said they're they're minus one right now, or Correct. Minus two? on the season? So twenty one minus...
5: turnovers, twenty take. Okay,
3: and, and you said they were minus six in the last three games. Correct. That means there yep.
4: were that means they were plus five. Just
5: do yep. the math. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, look at how things have turned drastically.
4: Real quickly on, on Mike Lennon, you know, if you go back and look at these three games that he played in, um, and you know, mistakes are they're there. You see them physically and you, on the screen you see him in person what have you the interceptions those types of things um there are a lot of passes that are plays that were missed because he did not see the open receivers that I want to point out too so I mean no, and, that's he, true. That's and fair. so I think yeah. that you know that's part of being the quarterback right is understanding where your reads are and how you make those reason where you get the ball to because for some reason whether it's uh it, Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon or from or whoever's playing quarterback there are a lot of receivers that are being missed and they're open and that that goes from the running back position to the tight end to the receivers now I and, will say that Jeff that that was not the case in this game no no but my point is collectively right. in those no, three games that's, that's what I was saying and so, that's fair that's fair. um and you know those can make those can make a difference and uh depending on the, what the play is called and the, what the progressions are um is the quarterback's job to get the ball to the one receiver where it's supposed to go to and second so that, that can make a difference in a game i will agree with you there was not a lot in this game i think last game there was quite a few against the chargers where we're there. so you know but when you go to evaluate the quarterback position there's a lot that goes into it as you guys know Um, On the surface, it's really easy to pile on when you talk about, you know, incompletions and interceptions and things like that. And Lance, I thought you made a good point about the, you know, Mike Glennon is just, he's trying to make a play, you know. And sometimes uh, you you get stuck with throwing an interception because, but you're down 21 to 6, you know, the dump offs are just not going to work. So you're going to have to maybe try to force something in there. And maybe... You know, going to Galladay and going to a guy that has been known, the reason that the Giants brought him in was to contested catches. We talked about him in the offseason, how great it's going to be to see that play. Actually, we did see a great – Fromm threw him a ball that he went after. I mean, that was a great play that we just haven't seen that enough out of Galladay. Because
5: it goes back to the at-bats, Jeff, right? You need the opportunities to maybe get those numbers up. So I think that's what it comes down to. Real quickly, John, the only thing that I wanted to add was, you know, you were commenting on now he's had a few more weeks with the team, Jake Fromm. I think it goes back to what we were discussing a few weeks ago when everybody was calling for Fromm to get his opportunity. I think now the Giants would be at the point where you'd put him in a game, you'd at least have something to evaluate. You're not putting him in, you're not throwing him into the deep end and saying he's unfamiliar with the scheme, he's unfamiliar with the personnel. So if they choose that in these last three games, assuming Daniel Jones can't return... Let's see if this is a guy that maybe is part of the future of our quarterback depth chart. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you know who Mike Glennon is. You got 10 losses at this point. Mathematically, it's not as if you've got a lot on the line. If you wanted to throw From in a situation, evaluate him against a few division rivals, I think it's a practical game plan. But I think what Giants fans need to understand is, and I think you were pointing this out, John, too, is As bad as some of the decision-making was maybe in the latter part of the game, there were still plays that had nothing to do with Glennon, pressure in his face, the running backs not finding the holes. Those things still need to go right Right. in order for a guy like Fromm to have success and move the ball down the field and complete those drives. Remember, that's the other facet. That's the inner workings of what Fromm is going to do.
3: Yeah, to your point, Land. He's not going to put this team on his shoulders and exactly. carry them through mistakes like like one hundred percent. Right, like yeah. that. That's not. You're right. But again, folks, I, I just want to be clear here. I don't want to make you guys think that I'm like saying Glennon played a great game or anything like that, and that he should still, you know, and and Fromm shouldn't be considered, and you know, he's getting a bad rap. I just thought it was interesting, and it was just kind of a factoid. It wasn't me making an overarching point. I don't want people to call up and say, "Oh, why are you defending him?" I just thought it was interesting when I watched the tape. I expected it to be worse. When I watched the first three quarters of this game, and I didn't, it, Glennon wasn't as bad as I think I thought it would it would be. When I watched the tape, that that was the only point I'm making. I wasn't making any overarching point or anything like that. Uh, final thing I want to say, guys, before we move on, and we have to do a full bank of calls. I want to get to you guys in a second. I do think, and I have I've been harder on the defense than I think than than some other people the last few weeks. But even when they don't give up as many points, but I didn't think the performance was great. I thought this was a a pretty darn good defensive performance, and I do put an asterisk because we all know, much like when the Giants played the Chiefs back on November 1st, their offense wasn't really clicking in. The Cowboys' offense wasn't really clicking going into this game. But, The Cowboys' offense still is very talented. they got a good quarterback. they got three good wide receivers. The Giants' defensive backfield was an injured mess. The Cowboys do still have a pretty good offensive line, even with Tyron Smith not there. And I thought the Giants' defense did legitimately play their best defensive game since they played the Chiefs back on November 1st. Cowboys only 328 yards of offense. Their only two touchdowns they allowed were on short fields. So I did think this was, and and even though the Cowboys ran for 125, it was only on 4.2 yards per carry. It took them a lot of carries to get there. I thought it was probably this best team's best defensive performance since they played the Chiefs on November 1st. So I did think it was a good step in the right direction for them. They didn't allow one play of over 20 yards the entire game, which is kind of what this defense is designed to try and do. So I just thought it was a really nice job. Lorenzo Carter played probably his best game in the last two seasons. I just thought it was a nice step forward for the defense. We'll see if that can continue next week.
4: Yep. I mean, look at they again, they defend the goal. That's what they like to do. That red zone defense has always been very good. Um, I, I got to You know, you take your hat off to Leonard Williams, a guy who continues to play hurt. I mean, I, I said this on our post game show to Lance yesterday that goes a long ways. <clears throat> excuse me in the locker room. Um, you know, and it just kind of it's glaring that when a guy's out there who's got a tricep injury who they were saying is going to be out for the seasons, whoever was. but Austin back, Johnson
3: with the foot too, Jeff, both of them that, playing but for listen, it.
4: Listen, yep. those guys are tough, man, mm-hmm. and, and, and that shows a lot to your players in the locker room and the organization. So, um, and then when you just, when you talk about the defense, um, you know, even, <laughs> I mean, the guys stepped up. They really did. And so I think that, you know, and real quickly, the evalu- the evaluation process has begun. And so when you are now looking for these next three games and even the one yesterday, you have to understand that now is the time for these younger guys to, if they're going to get playing time, the Jake Fromms of the world, the Matt Paris of the world, the guys that are going to have to, they're going to have to stick out these next three games. Because by the way, at the end of the season, there's going to be mass changes. And so you you don't want to be on that side of the coin. So I'm just, you know. I doubt there's anybody listening to me that's on the team right now but I've yeah. been there before and I understand. Then unfortunately guys, we've been talking about this for a long time. Year after year we talk about the last quarter of the season when the Giants are except for last year they were kind of going for the playoffs, but the fact is is that when this team when this happens like this, you are now the evaluation gets a little bit more steamy and you got to be understand where you're at and how you're going to have to perform. So well, I, don't think, I would say. Yeah, I don't think,
5: Jeff, anybody's in a position to feel secure on this team. I think nope. your point is well taken. Yep. I think the you last can't. three games, I think they're going to be even further put under the microscope, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the inability to reach the end zone. And mm-hmm. as far as the defense is concerned, I would agree with both of you. I think overall this was a solid effort, as I mentioned earlier. I thought, you know, Dallas had many opportunities to walk away with a lot more points, yep. and they couldn't finish in the red zone. I actually, one of the biggest plays that I just want to highlight, fourth possession of the game for. The Cowboys in the first half, they put together a 16-play, 68-yard drive. They were really having their way with the Giants, and then it's a third and four at the Giants' 12. And Patrick Graham dials up a play in which they did not block Quincy Roche or Azizo Jilari. They sacked Dak. And by the way, Lance, Dallas and, has to settle for a field goal. And Lance, when you say didn't block, they didn't even attempt to block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like literally, I mean,
3: there must have been some kind of miscommunication or something because literally those guys just ran straight for the quarterback untouched i've never yeah, seen that was like sandwiched it. yeah i mean i
5: think dak looked left and he looked right he's like
4: oh boy i better go down
5: <laughs> i mean i got nowhere to go no chance yeah. on that play and go so, back
4: and go back and look at the speed of quincy roche on his get off on that play it is re- it's it's impressive i mean he, he's well, quick off the football jeff
3: in fairness it helps when there's no one in front but of him. but i mean ball. you know you can see you
4: can see the difference between guys you know what i'm saying like that six or eight yard burst of speed i mean yeah. it, it was impressive wow So so sorry to cut you off there, Lance. No, No, not at all.
5: No, I'm glad you guys added to that. I mean, once again, I just wanted to highlight that play because I thought that was a significant play. Remember, it's a 9-3 game at that point. You know, they score a touchdown. Who knows how uglier this game could have got. So that I thought was big. And the other thing that I wanted to note, I believe my math is accurate, guys. And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Dallas had 101 rushing yards in the first half alone. So when you think about it, they only had 24 in the second half on the ground. So from that standpoint, you would think, right, Dallas is up. We're going to pound the football in the second half. We're going to wear down the Giants' defense, and all they managed was was 24 rushing yards on the ground in the second half. And I want to say they had 17 runs in the first half, so they ran the ball not as much. They ran the ball 13 times, but still to hold them to 13 runs for 24 yards, I would say that's pretty impressive, yeah. especially when Dallas was playing with the lead for the entire game.
3: Now, two of those second half runs were Prescott kneel downs, but okay, yes. so
5: that no, that's why context mm-hmm. is important. Yep. I wasn't necessarily breaking it down from that standpoint. All right, so then technically they had 11. Legit Legitimate runs, but still, no, but eleven you, legitimate 100%. runs, but but that means they took. You got to take away the two yards, right? So, eleven legitimate runs for I would say twenty-two rushing yards. Then is what the breakdown would have been if you remove those two kneel downs, well, in which Dak lost a yard, right? Well, yeah, but
3: you'd have to add two yards to the total then. Not take two, not take two yards. That's right. Run. Okay, right, so, right. so so it's ten for twenty-five of, it would have been, which is correct. which is still
5: very good. Yeah, I mean, listen, under good. three yards per carry under those circumstances.
3: No, hundred yeah. percent. Though, look, I'm with you, Lance. I thought the Giants' defense did a nice job. I I, I really did. All right. Let's get to it. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You're listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile. A reminder, folks, make sure you go check out that Giants Huddle podcast. We have great game previews, interviews, rapid reactions with some of our former players. You'll hear David Deal, Sean O'Hara, Victor Cruz, Carl Banks, Amani Toomer. Make sure you go check it out. All right, Giant fans, get your season tickets for 2022 today. It's only 100 bucks down. Limited seats available. Speak with the Giants ticket rep now. but Become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. All right, let's go to Dylan in New York. You'll lead us off today. Dylan, what's going on?
6: Hey, guys. How are you doing today? What's up, man? Good. Hey. Um, well, I I will say I do have a, uh, a podcast that I do called Positively Giants, and I'm kind of starting to run out of things we talk positive about, but um but one thing I wanted to bring up though um I know that there's been a lot of talk about it but sometimes not enough I think is uh how much Andrew Thomas has been impacting the offense. I mean every time I see him out there and just watching him uh pass block and everything, I just I almost can't believe the kind of leap he's taken from last year to this year. And, um, well, Don I'll I say this, do and
3: I'll say this, by the way, and I'm not even being like over the top here. And I don't think it's relatively close. Maybe Jeff and Lance, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here. I think Andrew Thomas is the best player on the entire team this year. And I don't think it's very close. Well, but definitely the most consistent. Sure. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: Who's been unfortunately better? he missed a few games due to injury. But yeah. Well There's from no a from a better? young from a young player standpoint, no. Aziz has done really good as a rookie. Yeah. You know? but, but I mean I mean but he, 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 I from mean, a consistent yeah. basis, Andrew Thomas, we don't we I mean, he's yeah, solid. And by the way, that's what you get when you get a first round draft pick as an offensive lineman, most of the time. You
5: should at least, yeah. yeah. But you know what it's also a reflection of guys as good as he's playing. You still have four other offensive linemen that still need to take (laughs) care of your business, right? Okay, and it's also a
3: reflection, Lance, of don't go nuts after a rookie's first year and write him off as sure. No,
5: all things relevant, Uh, but I guess what we're further emphasizing, though, is the caller just brought up the great play of Andrew Thomas. Notice we really haven't been talking about that much this season because, despite his solid performance, he can't guard and defend the four other guys coming after the quarterback. You still need consistency across the board on the offensive line it's just like if I looked at Dallas and I said Tyron Smith is having a fantastic season but the other four guys are struggling yeah it's great Tyron's keeping one guy away from Dak but it still matters what the other four guys are doing so I think that's the equivalency here with the Giants this year
3: go ahead Dylan
6: yeah and I was gonna say I had a bold prediction last week um, and I, I thought I was feeling pretty bold so I threw it out there and I said that Micah Parsons wasn't going to record a single sack, and I was actually kind of shocked that he didn't. And I, I actually, I remember seeing when Jake Fromm at the end, he started scrambling. I thought I could have swore Michael Parsons had a half a sack, and I was like, well, there goes my bold prediction. Oh, wow. And you know what? Then, uh...
3: I can't believe they didn't give Parsons a half a sack on that play. I wonder if the league's going to look at that and give it to him because I, I saw the same thing. I thought Parsons got a half a sack on that play too, and That's interesting. I assume he got one. I didn't even look at it.
6: Yep, I, I went back and checked, and I was surprised. So I kind of hope the league doesn't change it. <laughs> well, but, what are your uh, bold
4: predictions? Would have been the Giants had more sacks than the than the Cowboys, and they did. That would have been amazing. It's uh, I don't think anybody would have signed up. Yeah, for and that Dallas one. didn't get a sack
5: until Jake Fromm came <laughs> in the game on yeah, the very exactly. last drive. Uh, and, yeah. It's yeah. Funny,
3: and it's funny though. I think that shows you how sack numbers can be misleading, right? Because I don't think sure. any any of us would sit here and no. say that the Giants' pass protection was fantastic. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Well, it I mean, keep shows in you 100- how, how that stat is not. Is, it can be tricky sometimes.
5: Yeah, well, because remember, DeMarcus Lawrence's hit forced Mike Glennon's first interception. Exactly. So, you know, if you just went by sacks, John, to your point, you'd be like, oh, they've done a great job, but one one of the first turnovers of the game was a result of a hit on your quarterback.
4: Which would have been a sack, Yep.
5: Yep. Well, by
4: the way, I will say this. I actually
3: do think the last two weeks, the Giants pass protection has taken a step forward. Like, it was much worse against Miami, but I thought against the Chargers and the Cowboys, I thought the Giants pass pro was better. Anyway, go
4: ahead, Bill. With exception to one guy. Yep,
6: and the yeah, the last thing I had was um, I was pretty surprised Jalen Smith came in and he played like it was 17 snaps and he had four tackles. So it's, it's kind of it was good to see him be able to do that. Cause I know the Giants linebackers since Blake Martinez have kind of struggled. And um, I mean, I was even surprised to see his speed coming off onto the, the left sideline when he chased down. I don't know if it was Tony Pollard or who it was, but uh, made the tackle on the sideline. So that was kind of good to see. And I kind of hope he gets a little more snaps moving forward, but. Um final talk to you guys before the holiday. I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and, you, uh, and have a safe holiday.
3: Thanks, Dylan. You as Same well. Too. And just, just for the numbers, uh, you know, PFF tracks, uh, pressure rate allowed. Mm-hmm. And they have the Giants only allowing um, pressures on seven of their 38 pass plays, which was the fifth best in the league um, over the weekend. So – Good job by the offensive line. They were better this week. They did struggle with some of those interior stunts. And it wasn't just Will Hernandez, by the way. I know he's getting all the, getting hammered for it, but you know, I think Billy Price was responsible for one of them. And when we talked last week, guys, about how the, how the defense can kind of you know, pick their matchups and say, all right, we want to match up this guy and this guy, and we thought they'd use Micah Parsons to do that. Well, one matchup the Cowboys used a lot in this game was putting Demarcus Lawrence inside. Against mm-hmm. the Giants' guards, and that was a real issue. But you know, to Dylan's point, like, did we hear Randy Gregory's name even mentioned during the game? Oh, no, 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 and I, he was I, over no. Andrew Thomas. So, really
4: nice job. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, you know, one player that, um, and, and again, I, I don't think he's. The, when we talked about the Andrew Thomas being the best player, um, as far as growth and the guy that has kind of really, kind of, I think has grown into his position. Oh, uh, McKinney. No Crowder. Look at Crowder. I mean, take no, Crowder. Chad, he's, no. I mean. Seriously the guys the guys played pretty good this year when he's leading, leads the tackle I mean he's a middle linebacker you're going to have that most of the time but Yeah but Jeff where are the tackles happening well, my point is is that without Blake Martinez, you had to have a guy in there that's going to do something, right? I mean, but uh, McKinney's a guy, too. Uh, are you talking about which McKinney? The linebacker or the— Xavier? I was yeah. Xavier McKinney. Xavier. Xavier. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. I mean, he's leaps. He's been great. But I, I still think that Crowder is, it can become a good player. I think he's made a lot of steps in the right direction this year. He not, he's not the MVP by any chance. I'm just no. saying I, th- I feel like he's done some good things. Well, here's the interesting thing. I just looked at this, Lance. How many
3: times— In the game, and I'll ask both of you guys this fun question. So the Giants dropped back and passed, what, 38 times, I think, was their total drop back total in this game, something like that? Um, Let's see. You had 36, and then you had 37. Yeah, 37. These are the one sack, sack, right? Mm -hmm. And there might have been one scramble in there, too. So 37 or 38. How many pass rushing attempts, how many times do you think Micah Parsons rushed the quarterback in this game? Did they use him as a pass rusher on those 37 attempts? Hmm, Take a guess. Okay. You
5: know, I wonder if that number is impacted, and I'm not making excuses. But remember, John Carl was commenting during the broadcast that Parsons was on the sideline. I wonder if they had him on a bit of a pitch count yesterday. Well, I for can some tell you. Reason. I can tell you. He what was his snap count? Do you have the snap count? Sixty. Played sixty. Okay. So he
3: played all, but let's see how many offensive. You know what? He actually—that's surprising to me.
5: Yeah. And yeah
3: according, according to the numbers I'm looking at, he only actually sat out three snaps on defense. It didn't seem that way watching the game, though. To be totally honest with you, but that's what it says here, according to the snap counts I'm looking at.
5: Yeah, there was just there was some chatter at some point during the game, and you know, once again, I wasn't necessarily logging every single play that he was in, and obviously he didn't have a sack at this game. Oh, you don't answer the back. He had 56 snaps. 56. I'm sorry. And how many total snaps? 63. So he sat out. Okay, so he played the majority of the game then, obviously Mm -hmm. based on those numbers. Yeah. No, I was just curious, just for the sake of context, in terms of how much they were rushing him. Right. If the snap count was down, I was just curious. So, in terms of you're saying of the 56, you're asking how, how many, many times, times did they rush, rush the in? passer? Yes. Well, remember we see him in coverage; they move him around. So, you know, I I don't think the number was overwhelmingly high based on once again his usage during the season as well as what I saw in the game. So, I'm going to say of the 56, I don't know. Did they rush him 20 times? Twelve. Okay. So they go, even lower. He was on the field for thirty
3: five passing snaps. He was in coverage on twenty three of them and rushed the passer on only twelve. And I think I think Dallas probably made the calculation. We think we can get home with just our front four. Yep. and they decided not to bring the extra guy, which is the opposite of what they did against Washington, right? Against Washington, they were bringing five and six guys the whole game. It just shows you how these game plans can really change from week to week. Well, they and it should
5: to. because yeah. I think, uh, Jeff, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but right. I think just based on to. what John is saying is I think they look at the Giants' offensive line not necessarily the same way that they look at other offensive lines that they've gone up against. So in some games, they're going to be like, you know what? Micah could be that extra weapon to help out the secondary, and we're going to put him a little bit more in coverage because they've done that. Throughout the season, that play that he made on galladay that's not the first time we've seen Micah Parsons in coverage. He actually, he was responsible for forcing an interception. If you go back and you watch the Saints game, the Thursday night game, he got a deflection and one of his teammates got the pick. So that was not uncharted territory for Parsons. But yeah, to your point, John, they basically, they're going to say if we could get our front four home, without bringing the extra rusher, then let Micah be an extra weapon on the backside.
3: All right, I want to get back to the calls here. Let's go to Thomas in Boston. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thomas, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call today. No problem. What's going on? Um,
1: hey, so um, you know, I'm a little disappointed that um, that Paul's not in today because with all the talk on backup quarterbacks. I really wanted to ask about somebody he probably grew up watching, which was 1927 world champion backup Tut Imlay on the NFL champion Giants. Um, Who? But anyway... Um, Putnamlay. He was a backup. I think he was the backup QB on the 1927 World Champion Giants. I don't know, but anyway, um, I saw that Jake Fromm was in the game yesterday, so I had a question for Jeff Feagles on this one. Uh, Jeff, I saw he was wearing number 17. Does he owe you an outdoor kitchen now?
4: <laughs> he should. <laughs> no, I, I'm still trying to get that one from the previous guy, but that's okay. Hey, it looked good though on him. And he, you know, 17 is good number. I prefer 18, but no, he doesn't.
6: Okay, okay, great. Thanks, guys. Okay, You're thank welcome. you, Thomas. Yeah.
3: Haha! Ha. Super.
6: Excellent
3: Rolling on call. the floor. <laughs> well, let's go to Cliff in New York. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Cliff.
0: How you doing, guys? Good to hear you guys uh, with the rundown. Um, sure. I thought the play of the game was when Micah stopped uh, Galladay.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. And Big play. Uh,
0: yeah. uh, because the last couple of weeks I've been sitting here thinking, we really can win these games, and it would really help a lot if we can go up two scores I don't, even if it's 10-0, I don't think we've had that all year. Maybe in the Carolina game, I don't even I don't remember if we did. It was later in the game, and and um, and, and and that was a kind of a sidebar game because of uh, their quarterback. But anyway, um, uh, I was elated when we stopped them on the first drive. I said, "Well, that's great. You know, they they wanted the ball and they wanted to take over, and we didn't let them." And I don't remember exactly uh, when the um, when the uh, Galladay's, you know, stop from Micah was there. But uh, if they rushed him 13 times, did you say? The, 12
3: only. 12? Only 12, yeah.
0: 12. Well, he was stoned, right? <laughs> I mean, so, or, or, or did we get the ball out? I don't know. We, 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 we don't know. But um, maybe we game plan for him a little bit. But
3: well, I can uh, tell when, you in the, that in
0: the game,
3: um, PFF tracked him for one quarterback hit and three hurries in the game. So... Three out of two right. in bad. Well, hurries count.
0: Hurries count. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, um, that that tip that uh, hit on on Glennon by Demarcus Lawrence whew, th- didn't we even survive that? Really? I mean, th- that was only a field goal, I think. And that that was uh, that was no in our Zeke territory. scored <laughs> on a
5: touchdown off yep, of that. That was a touchdown. Plus. Yep. No, that led to oh, a that touchdown. That was a touchdown. Yep. Yeah, that was yeah. The, on the 13 yard line, and then two plays later, after a DAC incompletion, Zeke untouched ran into the end zone.
0: Yeah, and we didn't. And we didn't. We hadn't scored yet, right?
4: No, no. They missed the yeah, extra no. point, so it was six nothing. Yeah, that's why point. it was six yeah, right. nothing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, look, once we're down like that, I don't know. Uh, it, this team. I've watched been watching games for a long time, and it's amazing how everything changes in the players themselves when when they get up a couple of scores, especially on the defensive line. and And um, everything opens up and there's such an emotional impact of that. I don't know how we're going to get there with a backup quarterback, no matter who it is. But um, I, I'm glad you mentioned the quarterback, the backups as as the part of the quarterback depth chart, you know. Because I'm I'm trying to think big picture here, going back the last four years, and depth was the big objective uh, starting in 2018 to have to have uh, good players at each position, not necessarily elite players, and uh, the quarterback room is no exception, and uh, that they they want people pushing each other, and uh, not not that I'm promoting a controversy, uh, but uh, for, for quarterbacks, but. Um, we we really we really I think have made great strides in depth all over the field on both sides of the ball, and um, you know in spite of the, the decimation of the secondary yesterday we, we didn't hear um, uh, Cooper's name uh, much at all, and and uh, yeah, don't uh, remind me
5: I have him on my fantasy team thanks Cliff oh well
0: it. you know well just <laughs> Coach Judge uh, I was glad when Coach Judge said this isn't fantasy football because sure. that's how I've been hanging in there as a fan the last few years is that I'm seeing improvement. Uh, I'm seeing a defense that didn't quit when they could have uh, towards the end. There were a couple of stops towards the end. It, it could have been worse than 21. Um, I've seen I've – seen, I don't have seen i know about our team. I've seen a lot of teams uh, just kind of let down a little bit, maybe just because they're tired. They've been on the field too much. But we were on the field a fair amount, and uh, th- there was plenty of fight. I, th- I think the culture project has been successful. When, when Jeff said there's going to be wholesale changes, uh, you know – I don't know. I, I, uh, especially if things go no better in the last three games, it's going to really be really hard for ownership to resist stuff. But the bottom line on the offense, I think, is that it's not coordinated. and it's not coordinated because it doesn't have a coordinator. And I don't think Freddie Kitchens was ever named the coordinator. He was named the play caller. And I, I think um, I think we can underestimate the, the setback that we got. Uh, I was glad when, when, um, when Jason was, was let go that Paul was on the air. I was listening, and he said all these wonderful things about Jason, and I agreed 100%. And then what I would add was the man just wasn't a good fit you know, for, 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 for the project at the time. And um, um, that, that, that's a management concept that, that's understood out there. And it's also understood out there from people who've worked in companies that when the big boss comes by and makes a suggestion in the department, and everybody in the department knows the big boss doesn't really know what's going on in the department, but they kind of go along with what the big boss boss says anyway, uh, I I hope that's not what's going on in our organization, but if it was, it would be typical. And if there's going to be a change uh, in in the structure, I I wonder if, if we're at a George Young moment or not. Um, I remember when that happened, and it was necessary, and my understanding was, whatever his titles were, that he really had control over football operations.
3: That looks like we lost.
5: It looks like we lost Cliff.
3: I, I look, Cliff, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'll just say this. Based on the salary structures and the roster as in place with the cap, it's going to be very difficult, unless you're you know, trading players away for like picks, to really make wholesale changes on this roster just based on what the salary cap looks like. So I know Giant fans might want that, but because of they were so active last offseason, Lance, giving away those big long-term contracts, it's going to be hard to do something similar again
5: this season is my only well, point. Well, and John, remember, when Kevin Abrams and Dave Gettleman, I think they had that joint, presser or joint Mm -hmm. conference call, they made it very clear that they were willing to take some chances this year in the event that the cap was going to go up a little bit more, which I believe recently they announced the cap is going to go up, as most people anticipated. But with that being said, John, yeah. I mean, to expect all of a sudden to have an enormous amount of financial flexibility to clean house and then bring in, you know, 46 new guys. Listen, rosters change. It's very fluid, but you're going to be hard-pressed to find me a roster where 46 of the 53 guys are brand that's just – it's not going to happen. You're I, not going to clean house to that degree. Could you make some changes here or there? Could you make a trade? You get a new draft class? Of course. There's going to be turnover, but I don't think the turnover is going to be as drastic as maybe some people are hoping for. Absolutely.
4: I, I was pointing more to the offense than the de- defense because I, I feel like there's a lot of there, – there's the defense, I think, can, can just certainly get better, but there's a lot of building pieces there, and I feel like the offense is broke. And I feel when I say wholesale changes, in my opinion, you got five guys that play. Offensive line guys, I won't, and I'll just tell you that you know four out of five is wholesale changes to me.
5: Oh
3: no, look, Jeff. If you want to well, focus just on that position group, that's I, I, I kind of that, what I was. Sure, I at. think that's fair. Well, and,
5: Be- and Jeff, to your point, I think if you look at the structure of the contracts of a lot of the guys that are on the offensive line, anyway, they, most yeah. of them have expiring contracts to begin with. Right. So when you best think best about it, right? I mean, Will Hernandez, for example, he has an expiring contract. Nate's older. He's on the final year. Yeah, yep. and then a bunch of the guys, John, that they brought in and they made claims. You know, they weren't on long-term contracts, too. Yeah. So, you know, when you combine all of those factors, there's room for turnover there because that position group is not locked up on a lot of lengthy deals
4: and you look at matt Parrott, i mean he's just a he's still a young guy third round draft pick he's still on a you know his rookie contract he's on a rookie so, deal yeah so that's you yeah. know and obviously i i wouldn't you can't expect that he's not going to be here next year because he's a guy that's going to play he's probably going to play the rest of the season guys because it, like i said here's the evaluation let's get him some reps and you know other than the uh the offsides and things like that i think that on one the one offsides it wasn't just Parrott, it was a lot of guys that were kind of offsides there but I feel like he, he made he's making some strides, but he's obviously has to get better. But, you know, and I, I probably shouldn't have termed wholesale changes because that, that collectively means a lot more than a few. So, I, I you know, but there's going to be changes. And, and, again, back to my point is that if you don't want to be part of that change, then you need to show the team something in the next three weeks if you're in there playing.
3: 201-939-4513. Matt in Massachusetts is up next. Matt, what's going on? Hi, Matt. Hi,
1: guys. How are you doing? What's Thanks up? Thanks for Good. taking the call. You're welcome. Happy New Year. You too. Um, Same to you.
3: A little early for Happy New Year, I think, Matt. Yeah. A well, little early for that. <laughs> 10 days away, I guess. <laughs> happy um, Holidays, I think. is is For 1220, I think we should stick with Happy Holidays. Once we get past Christmas, <laughs> then we can go on to Happy New Year.
1: Yeah. Uh, a question and then a comment. Um, I was at the game yesterday, and I noticed we had at least two punts that we took within the 20-yard line. And I think sometimes the scheme of the defense where it's, you know, bend but don't break does not help to complement the offense because we're we're starting offensive series way deep in our own territory. And I guess is that something that's tracked where we the average
4: start? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at it yesterday. Yesterday was a big difference. I mean I think that I looked at it I think it was do you have the game book there guys I think the Cowboys were in the in the 30 something 33 35 yard sure. line Well and part of that was turnovers Jeff too sure. as a which, result which, of the which all field makes, position. that's all thrown into that exactly yeah. but but all mm-hmm. of that stuff is, is tracked absolutely Yeah Yeah Well just to add to what
5: you're talking about Jeff and Matt I think this hits on what you're speaking of I'm assuming though you're talking about the Giants offensive starting field position. Did I hear you correctly? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was actually going to ask Jeff about this, and Jeff, after me, if you can just tag on what you want to say. I actually thought Brian Anger, the Cowboys punter, had a tremendous game because to the caller's point, the Dallas Cowboys punted four times. The Giants' starting field position on those four times that they punted was the Giants' nine, the Giants' nine, the Giants' eight, the Giants' seven. That means he pinned the Giants back inside the 10-yard line on all four times that he punted. And we've talked about that with Riley Dixon, Jeff, where you know if you get the wrong bounce and it's a touchback, hey, that's an additional 10 yards of field position you're giving to the opponent. The few times that Dallas actually had to punt, they were not giving any gifts to the Giants, and they knew that it was going to be hard-pressing for that offense to move the ball all the way down the field.
4: Yeah, and I told you guys in the pregame... Uh, about Brian Anger, he's yeah. he's good, and you know once you get inside the inside the ten yard line, your chances of scoring. The Giants get starting drives inside the ten. they're you know, with the way that they score points, is is it's way less than the average, that's for sure. But inside the ten is, is less than ten percent. Um, so, but I guess
1: my comment would be on that is that that's that comes about, I think, from the scheme of the defense. So when you get this bend do well, sure, sure. defense. You're 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 not helping the offense out because even if you do force them into a punt,
4: you're sticking They're them so half, far back. Yeah. They're kicking them midfield. I understand what,
3: what you're saying, said. Matt. Yeah. But uh, do I know what hurts the offense more? Giving up lots of touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, well, I didn't and, and, do that
1: yesterday. Well, no, but, well, that
3: well, but that's, that's because they play a Ben but do not break style. And my point is that you can't just say, oh, well, we're not going to play Ben but do not we're, we're just going to play gonna go a shutdown them. defense yeah. instead. Well, do you now know what down. happens when you do that? You get <laughs> Jaron Williams one-on-one with Amari Cooper outside. Is that what you want? I,
1: I, I hear you, but they're not winning games the way it's working They either. only
3: gave up 21 points, though, yesterday.
1: Yeah, but they're also starting inside the ten. How many times did did Jeff say there?
5: Five,
1: well, they four, started four,
5: four times. times. They started four times. Yeah.
4: But remember right. this, yep. the, you know, and I don't know what the. If you go back and look at the playbook or gamebook, you can see where how far those punts were and where they they came from. Correct. You know, were they were they on the other side of the fifty? Were they from the forty? I mean, fifty-yard punts. They, if the ball's in the ten, you know, you're talking about the guys kicking from their own forty. That's well. His that's...
5: longest punt, Jeff, was 50 yards, just okay. to give you an idea.
4: Okay, so one the of fir- them came from the other side of the fifty.
5: Correct. The first punt was 32 yards, as mm-hmm. I look through. Then, let's see, the second Cowboys punt, which was at the beginning of the third quarter, was a 36-yard punt. Okay. The third punt, which came in the early stages of the fourth quarter, was the 50-yarder. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth and final punt that Anger had was a 42-yard punt. So two okay. in the thirties, one in the forties, and yeah. one fifty. You know, and, and so yeah, Jeff, I'm sorry,
4: go ahead. But to Matt's point, it, 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 that's that's what he's talking about, right? So those ones that they're punting around midfield and with the defense the way that they're playing, um, it's just, you know, they're backing the they're they're backing the offense up because they're not they're giving way too much you know, way too much field in front of them with the bend don't break, and next thing you know, I see I understand what you're saying. I, I know, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Not nah, yeah, me too.
3: I get it, but I, I think it's very it, hard to. I think yeah. look, at some point, it's, if you want to engage your pick offense, your poison, is, right? Your offense is going to have to drive 80 yards for a touchdown. Like they have to be capable of that. Otherwise, you're just not going to win games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but this offense isn't capable of doing that. No, I've seen that. So, uh, a separate question, if I if I can, um, sure. I know the offensive line's been an issue, but can you guys refresh my memory? Wasn't there a couple guys? In training camp, that they were signed and then they decided to retire? Yes, Mm
5: -hmm. sure. Yeah. Well, Joe Looney was here, though, Matt. Yeah, well, no, but in fairness, Matt, Joe Looney was here long enough to open the refrigerator (laughs) in the cafeteria and close it. And then by the time he closed it, he decided to retire. Zach you know, Fulton let's not... was,
3: was was here longer, though. Okay, oh, yeah,
5: Fulton yeah, was here because he was signed very early in the offseason, John. But people bring Joe Looney into the conversation as if Looney was here for, you know, 10 months. Yeah, know. Looney You're was right. barely here for a week. You know, at, at least let's no, I... provide the proper context. He was barely no, here that, to make a they, tremendous impact. They were
1: part of the plan, right? They were part of what would be available for backups, right? And now we had to scramble because... They
3: decided
5: to retire. Yeah, I no, think that's I think Fulton was more part of the plan, though, Matt, than Looney was. because. Well, remember, Looney... Vanis,
3: I, I think they brought in Looney because Fulton retired, no? I, I,
5: isn't that when the Looney signing happened, or am I wrong about that? I'd have to go back and look. And right. also, you know, Looney's also more of a guy that could play center as opposed to Fulton, John. So I don't know if that necessarily that was the logic, even though you probably could move Looney a guard. I think Looney was more of we have a couple of guys banged up We want to bring him in. But keep in mind, Matt, Looney was unsigned because he wasn't fully (laughs) healthy in the offseason because he was actually previously with the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys let him go. They didn't re-sign him. So, you know, it's not as if 10 teams were knocking down the door to bring in Joe Looney. I I think we got to put our expectations in check in terms of what Joe Looney would have provided for the Giants. Fulton, if you want to tell me, Fulton was in camp. Fulton, we were having conversations. Fulton was potentially competing for a starting job. I'll give you Fulton, yeah. but I'm not going to give you Looney. That Looney was a big part of their plans, and then he decides to retire, yeah. and all of a sudden the Giants are panicking. No, I like, don't a, buy that.
3: A, a more fair conversation would be: Well, you lost your starting. Your guys, you're going to have starting a left guard and center. Now that is a legitimate
1: conversation
4: right. to have. Hundred percent, right? mm-hmm. and that's real. Sure. Yeah, those yeah. are those happened. Yeah, yeah. But
1: I'm sure that the part of the planning is to make sure you have backups. And I'm guessing that's that was kind of my point. These these guys weren't available because had backups, and now you're trying to find somebody else to fill that. Fill that yeah, room
5: well, and that's out. why Matt they went Thanks, out if you recall. Yeah, and appreciate the call. That's why they made those flurry of moves right before gotcha. the season started. Right, Scora, they,
3: Billy Price,
5: yeah, Billy Price, yeah. you know, Ben Bredesen. They brought in yep. three guys. Now, in terms of where those three guys are in comparison to Joe Looney. I mean, there's really to me, there's not that big of a difference. Looney was not the starting center. He lost the starting center job to Tyler Biotish last year with the Cowboys. So, you know, they were phasing him out, and once again, nobody had signed him. So if you're going to claim that Looney was going to be ten times more of an upgrade than the three guys that they claimed, once again, I don't necessarily see it that way because the three guys they claimed were also pretty much in the backup conversation on the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals.
3: All right, we got two more calls on one again. By the way, Jeff, I do agree with you. I thought Matt Parrott was pretty darn good in pass protection yesterday, especially in that last drive. When Fromm kind of led the team all the way down, I thought
4: he did a real nice job on that drive. Yeah, let's I want go. to see more of him. Yeah, I mean, I want to see, I want to see him play the rest of the season. I don't need to see Nate Soldier play anymore because I know what Nate Soldier is, and I, I just want to, I want to see more of Matt Parrott.
3: All right, let's go to Marty and Mannahawk, and he's up next. Marty, what's up?
2: Hey, how you doing, John? Uh, I wonder if you saw what I saw yesterday, and uh, I had a pretty high opinion of him. I thought he did really well yesterday. It was uh, uh, the kid from the Cowboys, Jalen, uh,
4: Smith, Jalen Smith.
2: Smith. Yeah. Him coming in and, uh, you know, involved in, in four, uh, you know, four, four plays, four tackles that he was involved in. And, uh, he looked pretty active and, uh, he was like one of my favorite guys that was coming out and even though he was hurt. And, uh, of course, you know, the Cowboys took a chance on him before us and, uh, you know, it did work out for him for a while. And, uh, you know, I just wondering if, uh, what your opinion was on
3: that. Look, I, I think he did a couple good things in the game, but I will caution Giant fans the same way I caution um, Giant fans when you're talking about any player that is added midway through the season after they have been cut by two other teams, including one team that had to eat around $7 million to let him go. There's a reason those teams let that player go. So might he be an upgrade to what's here? Yes. But the fact that two teams said no thank you at some point during the year. And by the way, how long has he been sitting without a job, guys? Like three, four weeks? And it took the Giants that long to bring him in? So, look, great if he can help you, awesome. And I I agree. I thought he made some nice plays. But I would not consider this some kind of great long-term solution given the large product that he's shown out there on the field over the last couple of years that's made him difficult to employ by other teams. That's all. November I'll
5: say. 2nd, he was released by the Green Bay Packers, just to give you the Thank timeline. You. And re- the reason why the Cowboys parted ways with Jalen Smith is because Micah Parsons surpassed him on the depth chart and they wound up playing him a lot more. I also think it helped, and once again, I thought Jalen Smith looked good for a guy that just joined the team. I but, I mean, he is familiar with the opposition, okay? Let's not forget about that. He had a pretty good performance against teammates and schemes that he was with for a good portion of the season, so I'm sure that helped that familiarity. Remember, we were having this conversation. It's funny because Marty's call reminds me of The first game that Benardrick McKinney guys played, he also had a pretty good performance. (laughs) And Giants fans were saying the same thing. Here's a former pro bowler. He comes in. I think he's going to provide a spark. And we haven't necessarily been talking about him the same way after that initial game. So I think cautious optimism is probably the best way to put it. Bigger sample size. Let's see what can happen moving forward as opposed to just the initial game.
4: Yeah, let's, let's see if he's, you know, obviously we got a couple of division games left. He's played a lot of games against the division opponents. Let's see yeah. if he's still around for that. Hi,
2: Marty. Yeah, it makes, yeah, it makes sense. Thanks, guys. Hey, You're welcome, Marty. You got me. it.
4: Yeah, all right. Can can
2: yeah, I, I just add ahead, one please. thing, John? Yeah.
5: Well, no, because you were very curious, so I know you weren't going to be able to sleep well tonight. <laughs> Joe Looney was signed on July 31st. He announced his retirement on August 4th. When did okay? he, when did Fulton announce? Now his that's retirement. what I'm. I was just about to confirm that next. I
4: am going to give you the timeline for Zach. I thought Fulton. he was right, a pretty 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 close to free agency when it started, right? Like probably maybe a month. Yes, after, no, he was signed. Yeah, no. Yeah. To answer your question, Jeff, he was
5: signed March 25th, so he okay, was signed yeah. pretty much right in the heart of free agency, and then he. He wound up retiring two days after Looney, August 6th. Oh, okay, so he so retired after. after Looney. Correct. Okay. He retired after him. They Jonathan. got together. Just was so it, that was there understand. like a
3: Jonathan Harrison injury or something like that that prompted the Looney edition? Did somebody get hurt at some point? Well, I'm just Harrison trying to figure did out. get
5: hurt. I'll look up maybe when that injury occurred. Harrison, maybe that he was, was it also then. one of the early free That's agent signings. He was February 24th, and then Harrison was released on the 31st of August. He suffered an Achilles injury was placed on IR that was October 9th. So that was right. midway into the season.
3: 2019394513 right. Let's wrap up the show with Len in Columbia Maryland. Hey Len. Hey guys. Hi. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.
2: Merry Christmas. Len, yeah, happy you? holidays. Happy and holidays. Happy early to you New guys. Year to you as yes. well. Yes. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, why did this wasn't the reason I called but I'm, I just got to ask this question because I've been wondering about it. Why did Looney even get on the plane? I mean what changed when he got here?
4: Yeah, you I know what?
3: So sometimes playing football again sounds great until you actually have to do it and you forgot how hard it was. I mean Yeah, could s- be. Could be that. Could I be. don't know.
5: Well, I yeah. mean, Len, what I'll say is, as I mentioned, he was unsigned all of yeah, the offseason. Yeah. Right. Okay? The Cowboys released right. him after the year, and he did suffer a knee injury last year. So it could have been yeah. one of those things, hey, you know what, I'm anxious to test things out. Let me go to camp. You go to camp, as John mentioned, all of a sudden the knee starts bothering you. You're like, I yeah. don't want to go through the grind of a season. I'd rather hang it up. Could have been one of those
2: yeah. things. Yeah, 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 yeah so so let's let's hope that's what it was and it wasn't anything beyond that.
3: I am shocked, by the way, we've had multiple Joe Looney references today. <laughs> I would have guessed that. But the that? funny well, thing I is, Lance, you know, Lance yeah. well, we're you know, silly. You know, we had somebody call up last week about it being the Ben McAdoo revenge game. This could have been like the Joe Looney Bowl.
5: That's true. There you go. Yeah. There so, you no, go. They should have, yeah, he should yeah, have been brought what? back as an honorary captain on the sideline. That would have put the Giants over the top.
2: There we go. That was
5: the missing
1: link.
2: Yeah. Hey, one, uh, one, one, one comment on Smith. Yeah, he, he had a nice game yesterday. I, I was, I'm more concerned about why the Packers let him go than why the Cowboys let him go. I think there was a money issue, and also Micah Parsons, Parsons uh, had something to do yep, with that, all too. True. But I, I, I'm really kind of wondering what, what in the world happened with the Packers. It was only two weeks. How bad could the guy have
5: been? Yeah, well, and <laughs> on top of that, Len, and we'll let you continue, Matt LaFleur, remember, was an assistant at Notre Dame when Jalen yeah. Smith played there. Oh, I forgot so about that. So that was history. Cool. So yeah. it, that's that's a big reason why I think he was brought into Green Bay. But to your point, wouldn't you think LaFleur's familiarity would give him a little bit more leeway to hang with the team? Fair point.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and on Smith, and uh, since I'm a, a rabid Notre Dame fan, I have to, I have to add this. Uh, when, when he got hurt in the Fiesta Bowl, um, that, that right tackle on Ohio State, Decker, that was really a bad play. I mean, Decker should think about that for the rest of his life. Okay, let me move on. Um, the tsunami of losing seasons continues uh, with no end in sight. Oh, my goodness. Look, conservatively. The Cowboys started a better player at 18 of the 22 starting positions yesterday. Maybe 19 if Smith had played, and that's not a knock on Thomas. Um, I mean, it was just, I mean, it's over, and, and they had a bad day. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a good Cowboys effort. It wasn't a good game. Well, let's take a little credit for it. Okay, okay. But, you know, if a team like the Cowboys plays at 75% efficiency and the Giants play at 100%, the Cowboys win the game. You can't have that difference in player capability across the starting lineups and expect to come out and win a game. I mean, it's just – and on the Parsons play, guys, down the sideline, great play by Parsons. Maybe the only one he made all day, the only play he made all day. But you know what? And I know Jeff, Jeff thinks this, too. Great players make great plays. No, that's
3: true, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. No, you're right. You only, you, he you only need
2: them. one a game. And look, look, he only, uh, you know, maybe more. I didn't analyze it that closely, but he made the one. And maybe, as somebody called in and said, you know, that was the big difference in the game, and it may have been. It may I'm not arguing that, but that's what great players do for you. Sure. We got to get a couple. We got to get a couple of those guys.
4: We got a couple of picks to do it. The
2: measuring, the measuring stick is, you know, I know you guys have heard me say this before, but the measuring stick really is not not how we match up against the L.A. Rams because we ain't going to play them for a while, or the Kansas City Chiefs because we don't play them for four years unless we get to the Super Bowl. How do we match up against the Eagles, the Redskins, and the Cowboys? And and let's just use Andrew, and I'm talking about right Andrew Thomas. And let's just just talk about right now. Four teams in the NFC East. Assumed Smith is not hurt. Where does Thomas rank?
3: I would say he's definitely better than Washington's left tackle for sure. Okay, okay. I mean – the problem is that Tyron Smith is, is literally like a first ballot Hall of Famer, so I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. if that's a, a fair comparison. Well, I mean, he's yeah. a
2: player. He's a player, though, John. He's ahead of us. I mean, no, he makes a difference. I mean, yeah, okay. I, I mean, okay. I, I would probably put Thomas
3: and, and and Jordan Mailata on roughly the same level.
2: Yeah, Mailata's okay. played really right. good this mm-hmm. season. Okay, mm-hmm. now, yeah. now, 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 oh, with all due I'm respect, drafted. within two years, within had three a rugby years, guy, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Within two or three years, um, you know, we're going to be talking about Thomas. I think that's going to be the trend. He looks sure. good, but I'm happy no, with excellent. him. But, again, back to the original point, the 11 guys on offense. We had one guy yesterday. Given the people we put out on the field, that was better than the Dallas guy. Um, yeah, we, Jeff, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we start with the two. We start with the two. Uh, all right. Look, we just keep plodding along. Go Giants. <laughs> You keep Let's playing win some games. Too <laughs> I mean, do the, do the best we can, you know, uh, play the best. Hey, listen, play your best players, coach, uh, whoever they are. It's not preseason. It's not preseason. Uh, you know, January 10th, uh, these backups can start earning their way into uh, starting times. Let's not start experimenting here. Play your best players and try to win these games. All right, guys. Happy holidays. Hey, I'm That's looking you, forward Len. to Looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank All you, right. Len. Hang in there. Always Len.
3: a pleasure, my friend. Yeah. Happy
2: holidays! All right, TV. guys, uh, we got to run and shoot a couple
3: TV things. Excellent job! All right, boys. Uh, it'll, good job. Thank you very much. Uh, we have a no show on Friday this week. By the way, I should point that out. We're not doing a show on Christmas Eve, but uh, we'll have our semi-usual schedule the rest of the way. Yep. Lance and Paul tomorrow, uh, Detino and Cross on Wednesday, and then the uh, three of us. Actually, it'll be me, Fiegels, and Detino back with you on. Thursday. Actually, that might be end up being Meadow on Thursday. I need to double check that because right now only have Lance for two. I don't I know. know. We'll find Thursday. that out. Three of us will be here on Thursday, whoever they are. <laughs> we'll I'm wrap up it the up schedule. For the week. I yeah. do have I do have in the schedule me, Fingles, and Datina, but we'll see how that goes. All right. Great job, everyone. We'll yep. talk to you tomorrow at twelve thirty for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com. Have a good one, guys.